Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Well, tonight we are going to be talking about believing. It's Galatians, we've been looking at that for a little while now. It's something that's actually, oh sorry, by the way, hi at home. Great to be with you. It is a place where I sometimes have to be at church, so thank you for joining us tonight. Um, I love Paul. Paul is one of those guys who's just right out there, you know. He is so passionate. He is passionate about the gospel, about the, uh, the life, the freedom, the grace that the gospel offers us, because he's known it himself. He's known it in his own life. And he loves God's people. No, some of the people he meets, he's only met them for maybe a couple of weeks to minister with them. And then as you read the letters he writes to them, they are like this. So that's, no, Paul is fantastic. Sometimes, you know, he gets a bit of a bad rap, but a lot of what he writes is really beautiful. It's full of love, it's full of care, it's full of compassion. But we don't sometimes hear that. And tonight is one of those moments where, yeah, it's a little bit, little bit rough. So why would he do that? What is the big issue? And I think the big issue here is that, as you would have heard last week, Mike was talking about the fact that they'd received grace. They've received grace through Jesus. And they have now had the Jews, the people from, from Israel, and they have come and tried to smoosh it all together. And try to make this thing that actually doesn't make a gospel anymore. So the reason he is so upset, so uptight, and you could use bigger words, but you know, this was a bit of a bomb back in the day. So, but he's so uptight because they are in danger of losing their salvation. That's worth speaking into, isn't it? It's worth yelling about. I'm not going to yell too much tonight. It's, uh, it's great that he actually gets spicier as time goes on, so no. It's a, no, he's blasting them for a very, very good reason. So how have they got there? Look, it kind of makes sense. The Jews were the first ones in Galatia to really hear about the gospel. They've heard about it, and it's, and it's, but the first ones to hear about it in those places were the Jews. And then it went to the Gentiles, that is anyone who's not a Jew. So it's one of those times where we start thinking, no, it's come through the Jews. They were the first ones. Jesus was a Jew. No, this all came together, didn't it? Like, isn't this, don't these things belong together? Like, this is, like, like if you go back to the, the law of Moses, you have already uh, seen the track start. So surely we should be incorporating those things together. Paul insists that it, this is not the case. If you are adding something in and you've already received Jesus, you've already known the work of the Spirit in your life, and then you try to cobble stuff back in, the backfill, you're not actually on track. So, it's, uh, so what Paul has to do is think, well, actually, there, are, there must be something further back. There's got to be a deeper foundation. Where can we find that? And he goes back and back and back and back, back to Abraham. 
So tonight we're going to flip this around a little bit. We're going to go for, to the second part first, second part of that reading. Because what we find in there is that it's actually always been about believing. It was never about getting stuff done. It was never trying to earn God's grace. It was always about believing. It's a, if you go back to Abraham, he's the beginning of Israel's story. It's back, right back there in, I think it's actually in Genesis 11. So it's pretty early stuff. So way back then, he's just a guy. And he's living just south of Babylon. And God calls him to get up and go. And so he goes. And God gives him all these beautiful promises. But right in the beginning of chapter 12, there are some fantastic promises there. It's like you are now my, you're my plan for the world, essentially. I'm going to build a nation from your family, from you and your wife, which is pretty incredible because they were 90s. So it's, but it's all going to start from you. And they are going to become this massive nation. And that's not just for having a great nation, it's because they are going to bless every other nation. It's going to be something that God is doing for this one guy and is doing it for the whole world. That's huge, isn't it? You pick a 90-year-old and you make a plan for the world. Just think about that. There was one point where things got messy. So about three chapters later, chapter 15, Genesis, it gets messy because basically there's a bit of a family breakdown. Uh, Abraham's nephew has a few issues, they have a bit of a discussion, said, best go that way. And so, fair enough, Abraham gets a little bit concerned. You can feel the worry sort of building, can't you? It's like, oh, it all started out so well, but this isn't great. Maybe something's gone wrong. And so that night, God speaks to him. He says, look at the stars in the sky. He looks at the scars in the sky. He says, see all those? If you can count them, that's how huge the nation is that will come from you and your wife and your family. Wow. Can you think that? Can you even imagine what that, what that would feel like? But the thing is, Abraham believed it. And there's this verse in chapter 15, verse 6, which also comes up in Galatians chapter 3, and it's this. Abram, or Abraham, believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. All of a sudden, Galatian church just goes, what? <laughs> We've been trying to do all this stuff to try and make ourselves good enough for God, because... It's not going to work unless we're good enough. Surely, he's not going to accept us. He's huge. He is mighty. He is righteous. Why would he accept us? Because Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Scroll forward a bunch of years. We find a bloke called Jesus. And he appears at the age of 30 and he starts roaming around. Roaming around Galatia, uh, sorry, not Galatia, around Galilee, similar names. And his, and his message is pretty similar. Repent, get rid of all the stuff that you know God does not want you to do. And 
believe. Believe the gospel. So not only is this the message of believing from Abraham at the very beginning, it's right here, right here with Jesus. And now it is being spoken through the words or written through the words of Paul to the Galatians. Now, it is pretty easy for us to feel like, at times, I think, I wonder if I've done enough. I don't know whether you've, whether you've ever felt like this, but if sometimes you can just actually get to that point of thinking, oh my gosh, I've slipped so far. Is my just believing, did that actually mean what I thought it meant? Have I lost track? Has something changed? Has, you, know, you look at what's happening in the world right now and you think, my goodness, I trusted in this God and it's just not working. This is not what I wanted. But here is the truth from Abraham, from Jesus, and today from Paul. You have believed and you are now a precious part of God's family. Nothing has ever changed. From the moment you put yourself in God's hands, that was enough. You believed and God is far more faithful than you are. So he is going to hold that promise even more tightly than you can. So if you're here tonight and you wonder, well, I'm not sure that I want all that what Christianity has to offer, because well, maybe you're thinking about, oh, do I really need to have a top knot? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> it's not just because I can't grow one. So... But what it is, is the simplest thing. You need to believe that God is everywhere and over all things. You need to believe that Jesus came from heaven and he died for you on a cross. And he took, in that one small moment, he paid for everything you could ever do wrong. And he has, in rising together, rising again, he has now given you the opportunity to believe in that. And receive new life. And there is nothing better than you could have. So, having got there, having actually made a decision like that, there are still times, aren't there, where you think, oh my goodness, I've, I've believed all this stuff, but now I'm falling short. Has it, no, it, am I still good enough? H- have I actually slipped so far that... I've lost that promise. No, it can be, you know, you, you're here on, on a Sunday and everything's great. We're all praising Jesus. Fantastic. It's wonderful. And you're hearing God's word. Equally great. Hopefully today as well. It's a, no, and you just feel like, yes, we're, I'm with the church. I'm with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm growing and growing while I'm here. And then it's Monday. And things are okay, but then you have your first slip and you think, oh, that wasn't quite right. It's okay. God's got me. I'll keep going on. And that's Tuesday. A couple of more of the scales fall off. You think, oh. Then this happens throughout the week and you get to Sunday next week and you think, I don't know if I can even turn up to church. You know, have you ever been there? Because if you've been there, Every single person that has ever, uh, ever known Jesus has been there at some point. 
Okay? You are not alone. But Jesus says this. You have believed and it's been credited to you as righteousness. It has never been about what you can do. It's never been about what you can achieve. It's been about what God has already done. All right? To help you in those times, I'm going to flip back to the first part, the, you know, the insulting part of the reading. And uh, have a, there's four things there that you'll find that actually help us. Now, even as Paul insults the Galatians, criticizes the Galatians, he actually, actually gives them the keys as to how to go forward from that point. So let's look at those. And they'll come up on the screen magically, and here they are. Remember the price, the work of the Holy Spirit within you, celebrating what has already been done, and just look around. Let me go into those. First one, remember the price. I think sometimes one of the things we perhaps kind of just wonder about is that what did you have to do to become a Christian? What did you have to do to receive Jesus? You prayed a prayer. It doesn't feel that heavy. It feels very free. It's a light burden for us to carry. And one of the things about that is sometimes we feel that the things we don't pay for, they're just not as valuable. They're just not as solid. They're not, ju not just not as real as we would want them to be. And so be because of that, sometimes we can just let that slide out the door. Well, here is something that we need to remember is even though we didn't pay the massive price for our sins, somebody else did. And it was huge. It's free to you because of God's extravagant love and his massive sacrifice in Jesus. He paid, Jesus paid an exorbitant price for it. He left God, because of God's unstoppable love for us, he left God from the heavenly realms and he came down here to be the most vulnerable little thing in all creation. A tiny baby. Couldn't even look after itself. And then he grew up. And he did all the things that we know that we're supposed to do. Just to be, I don't know, just to actually be people that are doing things that God wants us to be. To be, you know, the way that he created us. So we do that. He does that. And then he grows up and about age 30 he starts trudging around the country. On foot, no horse, no cart, just on foot. And he teaches everybody about the relationship they can have with God the Father. And as thanks for that, what do we do? What, are the, what happened in Israel? He's crucified. He dies in the most humili humiliating, painful death we can imagine. This is not just a cheap salvation. This actually was paid for with a huge price that we could never pay for ourselves. And in fact, we couldn't even ask God to pay for us. He does it because he does it freely out of his love for us. So remember that price. Even though we didn't pay it, it was actually beyond our imagining. And it created life for all of us. So it was so effective. So that's the first one. Remember the price. The second one, the work of the Holy Spirit. From the day that you came home with Jesus, and what a day that was, Jesus unleashed his spirit into your life. 
Now we can think of the, the, the Spirit as being you know, just someone who's nicely with us, but He's actually someone who is actively at work in you every day. He is teaching you. He is speaking God's Word into you. He is shaping you and moulding you to become more and more like Jesus. That in itself, as we look back and we see where we've come from, even if we slip back from time to time, we are still becoming more like Jesus. Remember that. Remember where you were and remember where the Spirit has brought you up to this point. And don't doubt that it's going to go further. So the work of the Spirit, so important. He's already transformed you and he is looking forward so much to who you're becoming. The third one, celebrate what God has already done. Now, we've already talked about the price that Jesus paid for us, but just try and think of all the things that we receive from Jesus. It's received from God. It's just huge when you look at a list. We've talked about a few of those already. We have freedom from sin, but we also have freedom from guilt. That's that, that feeling that holds us back from actually being and actually being empowered by what God wants us to be. Our relationship with God as Father. Now, not just we have crawled in through the gates and just popped into God's kingdom. Um, we're quietly sitting in the corner hoping he doesn't notice us. We are brought into his family. We are sitting at his feet. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can stop the love of God. And then his presence with us, he's with us all the time by his spirit. And that spirit also, he continues to give us gifts. Gifts that don't just make us worthy for, um, not worthy for being part of the church, but gifts that actually give life to the world, actually gives us an opportunity to actually have an impact in the world beyond what we could possibly do in our own strength. He gives us peace, and I look at what's happening in Afghanistan. I had a friend who actually uh, went and served in Afghanistan um, with a mission organisation. And uh, she was there as a psychologist working with women. Did you know that she almost every night had a full night's sleep? That's incredible. This is before the Taliban, obviously, but even then, it was a nasty place for women to go. And it was... Just a, no, just a gift of peace that she could actually relax and be there and know that she was safe this way or whether somebody came in and raided her house during the night because whatever happened, she was with God. And it gives us hope, doesn't it? Hope, not just for today. It's great to be a Christian today, but that never leaves us. And we keep on being perfected in that hope. We become more and more hopeful as the days go on. And that perfection in us, that, no, that growing more and more like Jesus, that is perfected about 10 minutes after we die. So it's just, there are so many things that God is already doing for us and will keep on doing for us. Don't lose track of those. Surely they are worth celebrating, right? thing is, Satan is pretty good at strengthening our forgettery. So we have a memory, right? Memory helps us to remember things, keep them safe, make sure we've got it all locked away up here. We also have a forgettery. Helps things to drop out of the head, you know? It's uh, some of us who perhaps are a little older, they drop out a little more readily, but it's, you know, Satan will use that. Satan will use that to strengthen the stuff you're not sure about, 
and help you to forget the things that you should be. All right? So don't lose that. Before, um, perhaps you remember back to when you were first saved, and that was a great day. But now, that's a li- maybe it's a little while ago. Maybe that joy that you first felt, that excitement, that you know, feeling of, now I am belonging with God and with his family. Maybe that slipped. Maybe that forgettery has just been a little too active. It's time to remember it. It's a time to remember what God has already done. Let's celebrate that. You know, it's one of the best ways to do that is to tell people about your faith in Jesus. How did you come to Christ? How did you meet him? Where did you meet him? What changed within you? Keep on telling that because that won't just strengthen your faith. It might actually make somebody else's. Okay? So don't forget that. The fourth one comes uh, from verse 5. It talks about the beauty, uh, talks about looking around. It is great that we receive the Holy Spirit within us. And he is going to do so much work while he's there. But he is also going to be doing work outside of us. For generations now, he's been doing miracles. And verse 5 talks specifically about those miracles that come about because of faith, because the Spirit is active in us and around us. It's actually a visible form of, of affirmation for our faith. Now you might think, oh, maybe, maybe, but miracles, I don't see a lot of those anymore. When have you prayed and got an answer? Because we're pretty good at praying for the things we need. We're not so great at remembering to thank God for what he has done. But when you do, and Paul talks about this in Philippians 4, he talks about praying with thanksgiving. Because when you pray with thanksgiving, you are so much more trusting of God and so much sure of him being on your team because he's done it before and he will do it again. So keep on working with that. Keep on looking around what God has already done. Now, write them down. When I was one of the home groups I used to be part of once upon a time, a few of them actually, we used to keep a prayer diary. And we'd write down in there all the prayers that we had asked God something for. And some of them were, no, may I be, have enough energy to get up tomorrow sort of thing. It's still a big question. Some of them were, can you please save my brother? Can you please reach out and bring my sister back to faith? Can you please save a member of my family? They are so sick and I don't want to lose them. And God has moved into those situations and he's done the miracles. We forget them, but write them down. Because as you do that, you've got a whole history of how God has moved and done great things. Signs, signs, John's gospel calls them signs because they keep on pointing to God and the one who is always on our team. In fact, we're probably on his. Let me wrap up. The gospel is about one. It began with one guy, with Abraham. In that one moment, he heard God say something crazy but something great. And he believed it. Today, we are here for the same reason. It's all about one. One you and one God.
one Jesus, one spirit, one death and one rising again and one life for you. And that, and that is so much more than we could ever need. We sang Jaira before and it's just one of those great rem- reminders that God has done so much for us. How could we? He's done more than enough. He didn't just scrape over the line. He did more than enough. Our faith begins and it remains and it lives in that one belief. So if you are here tonight and you are perhaps wondering whether it's worth coming to Jesus, you're not sure what it entails. You're not sure what the add-ins are, what are, what are, the, uh, no, what are the, the, the build-ons, the things that you don't know yet. Let me tell you, there is none. God is asking you now to turn away from the life that doesn't lead anywhere ultimately and to actually believe in Jesus, the one who owns life, who created life, and that's all he wants to give you. So in a, for just in a moment, I'm going to get you to, or if you would, just close your eyes. And if you have been wondering what, no, wondering whether this faith thing is for you, this faith in Jesus is for you, I want you to take for a moment and hear this. There is nothing more and there is nothing less. This is about Jesus and you. So if you've been wondering for a while whether or not to take the plunge, tonight, is, tonight could be your night. And I hope it is. I hope that you can hear God's voice speaking to you and saying, come on, it's time. Just believe. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.